I'm joined by women's basketball icon, Katie Smith. Katie is one of the most decorated basketball players of all time, with three Olympic gold medals, two WNBA and ABL championships, and a seven-time WNBA All-Star named to the WNBA All-Decade team and one of the top 15 women players of all time. Alongside her countless on-court achievements, Katie now is an assistant coach with the Minnesota Lynx WNBA team, where she continues to share her love for basketball with those she coaches. I had such a great time talking with Katie and her basketball journey and what women's equality in sports means to her. So I hope you enjoy this talk and feel inspired by Katie and her words. Okay, so welcome, Katie, uh, to the podcast. I can't express how grateful I am for you to be here and for you to be taking your time uh, to be here with me today. Oh, it's it's fun to fun to join you. No, thank you. So your career spanned 17 seasons, which included being the best three-point shooter in the women's game, um, three Olympic gold medals, two WNBA championships, and scoring uh, over 7,800 points among countless other off and on court accomplishments. So I can only imagine all the incredible stories that you have and how invaluable your wisdom and lessons uh, you can share with people are. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good ride. Not something I thought totally would be my life or my career, um, but I enjoyed, you know, every second out of it. No, for sure. That's incredible. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your career and uh, your experiences that you've had and your current uh, coaching position, and also a really important issue, which is gender inequality in sports. And so if we, just to start off, I would love to know like a little bit about your background, um, because I am very curious to know how you got to where you are today and what it took for you to become um, an Olympic gold medalist, a a WNBA all-star, and an assistant coach now um, for the Minnesota Lynx WNBA team. So if you just want to briefly share your journey and how you got into basketball. Yeah. So, I mean, I have two brothers and, you know, grew up, uh, really was involved in all kinds of things. I did ballet and tap. I, we were in 4-H. We took stairs and sheep to the fair. We did all the sports. Um, so you name it, we were involved in choir, whatever. Our parents got us involved in, in tons of things. And then we were very active at home. And then just as you get older, you start to end up into sports. Um, and I love, I mean, I love being active in, in many things, but in sports in general, really. And my dad played football and we all, all all were involved. So it's just kind of stuck. And, and then you're, you're decent at it. And I, you know, I first started playing basketball on a all boys team when I was in the fifth grade, um, my older brother and then my younger brother played. And so I was on all boys because they didn't have girls teams at that time. Now there's girls teams at every age. Um, but then it was just, I just played with the boys and my buddies um, and no, no problems at all. The community where I grew up in uh, just, you know, really supportive and like, all right, yeah, she can play. Um, and then obviously we go into seventh grade, we go our way, the boys go theirs. Um, so I played throughout, you know, three sports and you know, junior high, high school, got recruited. Um, ended up going to college on a scholarship and then starting to be involved in USA basketball. You know, this whole time that I just go to dental school done, you know, professional didn't exist 
in the States um, at that point. Um, they both, you know, after the 1996 Olympics, after that um, year round tour promotional um, time is when the two leagues started, the ABL and the WNBA. And, and honestly, it was just really lucky and some good timing uh, that I finished college and was able to play professional basketball here in the States. Um, I did play overseas a little bit, uh, but played in the WNBA in the ABL for two and a half years for 17 years and had a ball, uh, enjoyed it, uh, the travel, the people you get to meet, the experiences, and obviously doing something you love and with great people. Um, you know, some of your best friends come from it and then moved over to the coaching side where now we get to still do what we love and try to help, you know, the younger players to, to really find and enjoy their journey um, of whatever it, however long or whatever it may consist of, of giving them everything they can on, on this side so that they can enjoy and have uh, such great, you know, experiences from it. That's awesome. I really like how you uh, are giving back to the basketball community now after yeah. all the incredible um, things that you did during your career. And obviously you have so many accolades and accomplishments and like really amazing achievements and I don't doubt that with all those things you've also faced numerous challenges and obstacles and injuries and so that just probably makes all those uh achievements feel so deserved because of how hard you worked for them yeah I think all of us you know the 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 disappointments the setbacks the the work you put in uh that people don't see is what makes the 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 positives the wins the championships even just, you know, not even those, but just the journey, you know, really sweet um, because you're the one that's been a part of it all. Right. And, you know, like people can see and look at you and see the things you do um, from afar or from a surfacey level. But those that have been a part of your life and, and you, you yourself know. But yeah, so I was doing a little bit of research, obviously, to prepare um, for this. And I did notice that you do a lot of work um, and talks that are very uh, inspirational and kind of focus on channeling your inner Olympian and how to work harder and leadership. And I absolutely love and admire um, that you talk about those things. And today, um, I really want to kind of shift the focus uh, to your personal experience and uh, your opinions on women's sports and inequality uh, when compared to men's sports, because I think this is such a fascinating issue. And I'm incredibly curious to know uh, your thoughts on some of the areas, um, especially because of the scope of your career and uh, the yeah. influence that you've had on the sport. Yeah, it's it's come a ways, but it's still not good enough um, when it comes to support, you know, sponsorships, media coverage, um, women coaches, the all of those things. I think back, you know, in college athletics kind of started when women were finally able to to, to be a part of division one and move on. It was maybe more women coaches and now it's not, it's dropped. It keeps dropping where there's um, more and more men come to our side or, and there isn't a two way path for women to go to the men's side. It's men can coach on their side and the women's side where we're just still on a singular 
path. I mean, there are some Jack, Becky Hammond, Jenny Busick, uh, Teresa Weatherspoon. We have some folks, you know, in the other side of the NBA, but still a very, very small number um, when it comes to women going to that side and men um, coaching on the women's side, because more than half of our coaches in the WNBA are men. Um, I think seven out of the 12 are, are men. So, there's lots of things in these salaries, um, you know, our airfare, how we fly, some of the amenities and things like that. And when it comes to professional ranks, I, there's some understanding just in a sense of bringing in money. You know, I was part of a league that folded because we basically ran out of money, went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So obviously in any business, you have to make money to then spend money and, and to pay. So there's always a, a little bit of a fine line, but you're, you're, you got to figure out where the investment, like there's companies, there's people, there's ownership, invest your money into uh, the woman's side so that then they can flourish. Then there's more attention. Then there's more coverage. Then there's more, you know, all of it. And um, then your players feel invested in and they perform at a higher level. And then people want to come there and you have championship teams. So it's that snowball effect of, of investing and valuing what we bring to the table and it's equal and what we do and the work we put in and the way we represent is, is that. So yeah, it is just, it's, it's the world we live in and it's not something that's good about it. And it's, it's something, whether it's somebody working in a fortune 500 company, women in leadership, there's not many, and we need to continue to grow that. And then when we get to those positions, we, to make those decisions, then we should invest our money into women's sports, into women businesses, and then promoting more and more women and in diversity as well uh, throughout, you know, what we do when we have that ability to do so. So um, the value of women just needs to change uh, for many. And it's just keeps being shown that that is not the case by all or majority. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's really interesting that you said uh, seven out of the 12 WNBA coaches are male. That's something that I had no idea, but is really interesting. And yeah. also, obviously, you brought up the point of uh equal pay, which is where I kind of want to start, because I think this is the most common issue that people hear about when it comes to gender inequality in sports. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because like people do hear so much about it, but I do think it's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, I'm not sure if you saw this post uh, that highlighted the discrepancy of W of Sue Bird, uh, her Mm -hmm. pay salary, and then uh, LeBron James's salary, which were two hundred and fifteen thousand, and then thirty-seven million, respectively. Um, mm-hmm. So I had no idea the gap was that big. <laughs> oh sure. yeah, the money is very different. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was large, but I didn't yeah. know it was absolutely it's, massive. Yeah, and, and so it's, I was just wondering what your reaction was to seeing this. Yeah, it's, when you break it down to that, it's something we've lived and our salaries. If if my career was, if I was a man and I had the career that I had, I would be retired and have many, many things and be able to do anything I want to. It would just, I mean, I have three Olympic gold medals, you know, I'm in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Like this isn't, you know, my time and money would be very different. Same with Bird and, you know, Sue. Um, it's just... Again, the, the the those that are in charge that are investing the money and then running these you know stations of coverage need to value and 
make it an emphasis to cover the same, to expose, have the exposure representation. And again, I understand it. Like we can't pay our play. We can't pay what the men do. Or there won't be a league. But I'm so pumped that the CBA and our players in the league and Kathy, our commissioner, have our salaries went up like double. Um, the max is over, you know, it's like 200,000, which is the old max was like 115, 120. So, so things that, so that was a huge investment in our players. And with some of the flights and um, hotels and, and full paid maternity leave and, you know, things that should be there anyway. So the investment is there. Um, these players deserve it they're the best in the world and now we need the coverage we need the marketing we need to, the the companies in our cities and nationally to get on board and to to put money into this to then help it grow um and that's just uh in general we need to invest in value what we bring um and it's equal it's not it's not less than <laughs> it's not it's not but that's again it's somewhat how our world was created and yeah. It's a lot of things about our world that aren't very um, not not right. And that's one of them at the moment. Yeah. And we've kind of touched on it with it being the biggest reason in terms of equal pay and that women aren't paid as much as men is because they don't generate the same amount of money. And another example that I found is that in 2015, the U.S. women's national soccer team Uh, won the World Cup, and it was revealed that they were paid a quarter of what the men earned, uh, even though generating $20 million more than the men's team that year. And then following this, the women's team filed a women um, a wage discrimination against U.S. soccer. Mm -hmm. And then following that, they received an increase in pay and more benefits and financial aid for players who were pregnant, which you also brought up. And so kind of back to what we were talking about, it's just the lack of marketing by their very own league uh, and sport where this systemic inequality comes from. And I also read an article uh, that articulated it quite well that said the root of the problem isn't what the women are getting paid. It's the lack of foundation that they have to build from and therefore capitalize on their talent. No, I think think you're correct. And it's also the decision makers and who's doing the negotiations with the TV and the, the money that's coming in. It's, it's like, Hey, give us this for the men and we'll, the women can come along. No, say this is what we're doing this is what they expect this is what they're getting this is what they're getting and demand it so the people that are doing this don't have it be an afterthought that has to be more in the front forefront of this is what they need this is what they deserve right and who's going to say that and and say it no matter what the other side says back like no they they deserve and this is what they're worth and this is you know they're going to get equal to them because they're doing exactly the same thing as them so but those in charge that are making these decisions have to do that and have to say that and have to to stand up and demand it yeah and i think there also just needs to be more transparency in these decision processes and just a general more respect for recognizing what um these women do and go through and it's just as much commitment and time uh that the men do and yeah i think that is also somewhere where it needs to 
Agreed. obviously improve and that's gonna just like you were talking about that snowball effect uh, yeah we just needed people to voice it and, and and say things and not just stay quiet or stay shut it's we need people to stand up and be advocates in those rooms um that we're you know not a part of that don't just eh, yeah well okay that works you know what i mean like demand more and push yeah. that push, push that envelope absolutely Absolutely. And so that kind of wraps up what I wanted to say about equal pay and just that when we make equal pay the main part of the conversation, it also misses the smaller things that enable a system to hurt women's advancement in sports and their opportunity to generate equal what equal revenue uh, and then in turn warrant that equal pay. And there's the fact that unequal pay across all sports um is like a lack of respect and just that kind of thing. And so it's not even the player's fault that they're experiencing this inequality. And that can also just be generalized to so many other situations where people face inequalities. And I think um, that's just something to connect it to like a bigger picture too. Oh, it's it all comes from the bigger deal of inequalities and marginalized groups and whether it's people of color, women of color, you know, white women make more money than women of color. And that's not even equal to men. So it's it's everything. It's it's the marginalized groups and it's, you know, it's sexism, it's racism, it's all the biases people have. And it's it was created. And it's stuck, like, you know, and it's stuck in so many ways. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's not, it's just, everybody should be treated equal. And it's just not, it's not the way our country is. And it is um, in so many ways, but uh, the inequalities that are, that we have in our country are just uh, numerous. And, but again, we got to get in there. We got to keep, we got to get speaking. We got to keep hiring people. We got to keep pushing. We got to keep putting things out there, you know, social media and, um, you know, the NCAA weight room uh, yes. with the women's tournament and the men's tournament. Again, how uh, social media, you know, George Floyd, the, the, all these things that are happening are exposed. It's put out there now, right? It can't, it's not hidden. It's not like, oh, we just kind of heard about it. No, here it is. And it is yeah. viral and, and, and people, and you can, you can't say, Oh no, that's not, you know what I mean? It wasn't that bad. It is in your face and it's right there. And if you choose to ignore it, <laughs> you're part of the problem in all these, in all these areas. And that's, what's amazing. I feel is it's, in, it's, it, you, you see it, pull the curtain. And then I feel like our younger generation and our, our athletes in the WBA and, are just unafraid to to speak up to 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 put it out there yeah <laughs> you know and that's which you need which is awesome yeah which is 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 also that's that's that another catalyst and they're going to be about it and they have those their brands and they're out on social media and they're they're present so just so many good things out of it too um yes. but i mean social media and, and everything is bringing light to a lot of things that have not been out in view um I completely agree, yeah. yeah so it's been helpful um it's it's you know not always nice but um it's needed so that hopefully people can you know stop turning a blind eye to stuff yeah, I agree. Social media has helped and it's hurt, but it's really pushing the 
uh, changes that we need and it's keeping people accountable. Mm -hmm. And you just brought it up and it actually is my next point that I want to talk about, which is the NCAA tournament, which happened um, a few weeks ago and that video was posted. Um, And I'm sure everybody knows about it, but if if you could (laughs) briefly explain kind of what that whole thing was. Yeah, it's um so the weight room, basically the the men's NCAA tournament, women's NCAA tournament kind of had little bubbles. One the men's um, tournament was in Indianapolis, the women's was in San Antonio and the surrounding areas. So the weight room for the women were basically a rack of hand weights, <laughs> ones that you would have in your home, basically, um, just a small rack, and that was it for um, your NCAA tournament. Whereas the men's was a whole spiel of racks of weights and this setup for like you know it was so it was the you know the the difference between the two was unreal so Mm -hmm. a couple of the uh stanford i think trainer or something posted something and then a team yes it went viral and there was a lot of heat on the ncaa and obviously both from the women's basketball side of the chair onto the head of uh basketball in general and uh, they obviously dropped the ball but again it kind of speaks to why weren't those questions asked Mm -hmm. why did someone not think or that was not right like that was that was okay to do so again you're you're like well how did it even get that far to like you said this is okay Um, yeah the organizers also I because I saw that video and I was just absolutely disgusted and like like you said how did this get by anybody and I think after it came out the organizers said that it was due to a lack of space and then somebody else posted another video saying absolutely not it's not due to a lack of space and showed all the space and I think that also went viral and so that also just shows how social media can like hold everybody accountable mm-hmm. there's a lot of great things with it and you're right it's sometimes it's just own it own own that mm-hmm. we didn't they didn't do the right thing and yeah. but it also just speaks to exactly what they think of women's sports and what they think of women athletes or women in general, that it's not equal. And for a umbrella of NCAA to then you have all these athletes, it's not a men's thing. It's a women's. And now we have this, these tournaments are in different levels of support is it's, it's hard to see because you do talk. Uh, the talk is that we're together and you're all one and we're the experience. And then you, see that the experiences are different for um you know and again not naive to to the money and to things and the sponsorships and where people want their money um it's obviously bigger than that we need these sponsors to come in and say i need my money to go here mm-hmm. we need more and more to be if i'm going to support the men i'm going to support the women i need 50 50 half of my dollar sponsorship dollars go to them directly or however it is so we need people to be more purposeful from the top but again the question need to be asked when you're in the room well that's not that's not equal why is this you know and ask those questions um so so many layers to it but again uh, the individuals who were able to share that brought a lot of light and a lot of chatter about it (laughs) and do you think from this point do you think anything will change or do you think 
What do you think? I do. I think there's, I think they're, again, change to what level? Not sure. I, I think the questions are being asked. I think the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, has a, is going to stay on the NCAA. I think uh, there, you know, there's going to be answers and there's going to be checks and balances. And I think people are going to question and, and, and really kind of follow through on it. I don't think it's going to go away. Um, it's because it's, I think it's there and very clear. So, no, I don't know to what extent, but I do think there will be changes. Um, and there'll be more and more people uh, following through and asking questions uh, than we've had before. That's that is encouraging to hear. And uh, and I and I'm curious to know, obviously, throughout your career, did you ever experience anything to this extent? <laughs> You know, it's kind of hard because you probably wouldn't have known, you know, because we didn't social media wasn't it wasn't a thing. Um, I never necessarily felt it. You know, we know uh, in college we're very similar. We use the same facility. Uh, we had charter flights, um, same gear, you know, in, in, in college in that sense, like you you kind of get the same stuff, the same food and, and, and whatnot. So I didn't necessarily think anything really different than, you know, in the pros. Yeah, it is different. Like you're sometimes the amenities are different where you're practicing. Um, sometimes it wasn't depending on which team you were with or who your ownership group was. Um, you know, that was it, it was different in certain scenarios. Um, but you know, and obviously we, tr- we, tr- we fly on a commercial. Uh, we don't have charter flights. Um, so there's certain certain things in our money, obviously. But, um, you know, overall, it's you're not just happy, but you just like, you, you understand part of it too. It's a business, but you also like, I'm, I'm pleased because I know our players have continued to push and push and push for more and more. Um, and that means their investment on it as well, of putting the best product on the floor, making sure they're playing, making sure they're promoting the league as well. Right. It's a, it's a group effort, but um, I don't have anything outwardly except for the normal, you know, just, women men like oh you're just women's basketball you know women's basketball players are you know maybe not as good as the the guys or why would you expect anymore nobody follows you type of stuff um but it's cover us put us on tv let these people attach to the names that they're seeing and then see this thing grow um so you know nothing overtly but just all of it kind of like it's the normalcy of it, of just being a little bit of a, like you're a woman athlete, not a man, a male athlete, but overall it wasn't nothing that I saw completely like the NCAA, but not to say that it didn't exist or it wasn't just things weren't ex- as exposed um, when I was coming up the ranks. And now it gets put out there when we're, <laughs> when things aren't equal. Yeah. And the point that you brought up of it is a business and I do understand that, but it's also, your life and so to see your life and your all the work that you put in and all the women put in to be minimized uh into you're not as good enough and uh and that's where you have to remind yourself right you you have to be because we're so groomed in things right like you throw like a girl like 
why would I say that? I, I throw amazing. Like I have, I throw better than boys. You know what I'm saying? So like these normal things, like you, you, you kind of grow up with, then you have to check yourself. You're like, I'm not going to say that. Cause you should throw like a girl. Cause if you throw like me or you play like me, then you're pretty darn good. Right. So you have to, and then you have to like believe in yourself. And then when, when somebody says something or they don't value you, you, you need to say like, no, this is what I deserve. This is what I do. This, this, and again, you have to be prepared and do your thing, but I do this, 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 and this, which is equal to this. Why am I not, you know? So Mm -hmm. we have to then stand up um, for ourselves and make sure that we're, you know, not saying, oh, okay, that's fine. No, you know what I mean? Like then, so we have to, we have to have that belief that we're, and it's crazy, right? To have to think that we have to tell ourselves like we, we're, we have value, like even more than what a lot of people think. So then you have to like, you know, like say, no, man, this is what I deserve from the work I do. But sometimes we have to check ourselves and not get caught into, oh, okay, thank you. That's good enough. And you have to validate that all your work and your time, Mm -hmm. your energy is worth it, even though. um, It's like, that's normal for the majority of, you know, especially for men. Yeah. So, but we have to catch, you know, make sure that we do that and that we are standing up for ourselves um, when it comes to the work we're putting in and that we do get um, compensated and uh, for what we do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so now I am really dying to ask you about your Olympics experience (laughs) Um, because selfishly, it is not every day that you get to speak with an Olympian. So um, I'm just curious to know, being on that stage, I can't imagine the kind of pressure you felt and especially playing on Team USA. Did you ever feel that as an athlete, as a woman, um, as being part of Team USA, you had something to prove? Well, something to prove, I guess, is athletes or you always feel like you got something to prove because that kind of helps you stay motivated to continue to be the best that you are to, to kind of push yourself. So I think all of us probably have a chip on our shoulder in some way that either something or someone or whether it's made up or real to, to help you kind of push through and be better. Um, but it, it's just to be able, I, I know growing up watching the Olympics, it was a love the summer Olympics. And I just, you know, you're just like, watch all the sports and you're just like, this is amazing. You know, you sit and watch everything. And, you know, for me, it was just like a dream to be a part of it. And then when I finally got an opportunity to kind of try out and understand how you become a part of the team. And, and I actually had a chance to do that. It was like a dream come true. So it was just to be able to compete at that level to say that you're the best in the world, the the opening ceremonies, being a part of Team USA, um, you know, it's just a lot of pride on a lot of levels of not only for your country, but um, your university, your whole hometown, like, you know, your folks and your brothers that took you everywhere. So it was like this. So it's a, it's, it's a lot of pride of just basically everybody's been a part of your journey or your life is kind of, it was kind of there with you of just that moment. And cause they've shared in it, you know, everybody had a hand in getting you there in, in some shape or form. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then, you know, you know, you forget just how not many people do have gold medals. So it's fun to, 
every once in a while, I'm like, oh yeah, I got, I got three of them. So I, I bring them out and show them, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool, but it, the experience and the journey and um, yeah, it was, it's a one, one of a kind type of thing. I bet. And that's so incredible. And did you ever like, cause you have three experiences. Did you ever after the first one go, ah, like another Olympics, like did your attitude? No, they're, they're all different. And I think you just realize how special they are because things can happen, whether injuries and, um, as we see this year, the pandemic, you know, pushed them a year. And so, no, they it never really got old to be a part of it because um, they're so unique as well. Each country does. It, the, it's a different country in general, just the feel and the culture, but it, then also the opening ceremonies and the stadium and, and what they do around it is also so unique that it's it's a very um, kind of like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. It's such a new experience in that way because it's, it's just a totally different vibe um, from the country. So now didn't get old. Um, loved it. This the same each time. That's awesome. And did you experience any situations at any of the Olympics where you didn't feel, especially on a world stage, um, where the women were equally like respected or um, appreciated for your abilities and your hard work? Well, we felt pretty good, you know, where we stayed, um, the resources that we had, the the venues, you know, it's very, it's very equal there. Um, so no, never felt you know, Team USA in general got we got kind of the same. We got the same stuff. Uh, so no, never felt on that that side that we weren't getting. I know it, it, with the USOC and all the national governing bodies, basketball and some others, and then other sports, the revenue and what and athletes having to get their own revenue and sponsorships individually, and there isn't like a federation that's you know has made money or is able to to fund them. So I know there's there's different levels within the, the U.S. Olympic uh, Committee and Paralympic Committee. Mm-hmm. So there's some disparities in just the organizations. Um, so, but for us, you know, we always had an even playing field on the preparation of of uh, competing at those major major tournaments. That's awesome and super encouraging to hear that even on the biggest stage uh, in the world, you felt equally respected and. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. And so kind of one last question for relating to the Olympics. I was just wondering what your favorite experience was during all of that. Uh, So it was probably my first was the because it was my first like Australia because it mean everything is just like wide eyed and you know, cause it's your first time going through everything. And, um, so that was, that was just cool in that sense of just everything was new. And then the, the third, my, the bit one in Beijing, because our team was so dominant and I think other teams maybe thought they had a shot at it, but we were just a really kind of well-oiled machine and that the basketball crew, um, on the that team was um special uh, but the first one definitely was was a was a winner um just because of the like everything you did was like a brand new experience and something that you were just like you know and also something you dreamed about and watched on tv and now you're a part of it was pretty cool yeah that is incredible and i cannot even imagine <laughs> what that would have been like and um all your hard work and everything obviously 
paid off in the end three yeah, Olympic gold was- medals <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it um, it's it's still sometimes hard to kind of grasp it. So it's uh, something I, I definitely am lucky to have had uh, experience in multiple times. So, of course, of course. Yes. And I'm interested to know now how you've taken what you've learned from basketball, your career and kind of how you apply it to everyday life and teach it to uh, your players and those around you uh, now as a coach. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, there's so many things, right? There's the part of just the appreciation of what basketball has done for me and, and the people I've met and the people that helped me grow the, the life lessons. So now wanting to be, to understand it's, it's really not about, you know, you on the coaching side, it's, it's really, how do you connect? How do you figure out what what these young ladies need and it's on the court and off and being a resource for them and, and really just somewhat supporting them in their journey like it's it's not yours it's, I did mine now it's them and how do we have a positive impact in that because I I just think of basketball and like my time and every team is like I loved it like I love the game I love being a part of it so I want I want to make sure that we're always you know that I personally am bringing that to them that they'll always think of it as a positive um but I think just you know being a player you kind of realize what they're going through and kind of when to get on them when to step back and then it's it's really trying to to teach and to do your work and be prepared um and try to help them, but also just trying to the culture, the communication, the relationships, the trust that needs to be had to then for them to trust you and to give their all and and for you know you to be able to get your point across and for for you guys to work together i feel like that the relationship people a piece of people and the communication i realize that is huge um because it can be not often enough where then people we run and make scenarios in our heads or mm-hmm. it's not direct enough where you're not actually addressing a point or nipping something in the bud that you needed to so i, I feel like communication is something i think i've learned over the years of just how important it is um, to communicate with people and be upfront and be clear um, no matter how hard it is yeah. um, you know and, and there's there's a finding the right people as well I think as you we get older whether the people you work with um, it's hiring the right people getting the right people on your team is important and having passionate people and people that treat each other well like it's the type of people that you have really ultimately will help you succeed and have a successful organization or a team. Um, because if you don't have good people and, and don't have that passion for stuff, then it's it's just not going to go well. Like you're not all on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's just that, just trying to take what you knew and the feeling of a good team and how do you put that together on a team now, but those are some of the things and at the end of the day, being competent at it, you know, working hard, preparing, um, knowing what you're doing mm-hmm. and then making sure that you have all these other, other pieces. Um, cause I could, you could draw up all the plays in the world and have all the best practice things and drills, but if you don't have the right pieces, if you haven't built a relationship or the trust, 
then at the end of the day, that's not all going to work together. So those are some of the pieces that I feel um, just really are, are crucial, really in anything, because we're yeah. all dealing with people and that's, and we all, and that's hard because <laughs> we all have, we have all our whole life. And then it ultimately we bring it in uh, to work in a lot of ways, because you just can't separate you as a person to your work. So getting to know and trust and be vulnerable with people is, is important. So. Yeah, no, all of those points are uh, obviously super applicable to everyday life. Yeah, I mean, that's what we all really want is just want them to succeed. And like, who knows how long they'll play basketball? Who knows what they'll do in their next chapter? But just want them to have that confidence and um, passion for whatever it is and about life so that they can go out there and just, you know, be the next, the change, be the one that's going to be in the C-suite in hiring people and making decisions, you know, like it's just, those are the fun things and seeing them succeed and and just really be confident. Young people is, is really, is huge. It's huge. Yeah. And what do you think is the hardest challenge for women who want to pursue a professional career in sports, but don't know if they will be able to make a living off of it? Um, I mean, right. I mean, it, playing professional sports, playing it is a, just a small percentage, just like the men. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm not many people in general make become professional athletes and then can make any money off of it. So, but I don't think you should ever stop until it's, you know I mean? Like go overseas, give it a go. If you're kind of borderline and and you'll know when it's time, but I also say there's so many other ways to stay involved in sports and whether it's on the medical side and and that whole layer of, you can have a sports site, you could be an athletic trainer, you could be a masseuse, you could be anything, right? I mean, you can be a doctor, an orthopedic, anything. So, and then you could be in market, you could be in ticket sales. You could do anything. So I just a manager, a videographer. I mean, you can stay involved in competitive sports um, if you're talented enough. Obviously, do it. And but if if not, you still want to be a part of sports. So many ways to still be part of an organization or a team. Um, so don't you know totally bail if that's where you want to be. And there's opportunities um, all around to to really be a part of it. Yeah, and obviously playing is what is put on the pedestal of professional sports, but there's so many other opportunities, like you said, to get involved. And they're just as important for making leagues function and leagues work. Um, So that's, that's a really interesting point. Um, that I have and, and you you understand it right if you have been an athlete and have been in organized sports then you you have an understanding of how things work and you so there's there's already a kind of passed a little bit of a learning curve on just the the sport in general and mm-hmm. then you have to learn the other so yeah I just think there's if you love sports I want to be a part of it there's so many ways to stay involved in it I love that. Yeah, that's that's super encouraging um, for people to hear, I think. Um, And so just to kind of like wrap up everything. And so I just to bring it back around that some reasons that people always say that men's sports are more popular is because, you know, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. The quality of the game is better. And I just think it's so unfair to make that comparison because first off, men are obviously biologically different to women. So of course, the way they play sports will most likely be more intense, but that is strictly because how they are built. And second, 
you can't compare men and women's quality of game because obviously they're completely different levels of the game in the first place. And so to me, saying that one is better than the other is completely not justified because they're on completely different fields. Yeah, different, two different things. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So I don't even think that it's fair in the first place to even consider them as, or like consider them different because obviously women put in just as much effort into their game and improving their game as men do. And I just don't think at the end of the day, that's respected enough because they aren't seen on the same level as men when it comes to like how it's reflected. And so I think, again, that's where this systemic inequality comes from and what needs to be critically reflected on. Yeah. I just, we just got to, again, just support value. There's no different. I mean, yes, the game, sure, they jump higher. That's fine. But the skill, the X's and O's, again, I go back to women can coach the men. There's no difference in coaching basketball on the men's side or the women's side. Mm-hmm. It's same the same thing. game. Yeah. So, like, I don't, there's no, as I said, it's just it's baffling how, oh, you guys can come on this side, but somehow it's, you know, women aren't. Um, uh, talented knowledgeable enough to then coach on the men's side mm-hmm. like there's some or women can't be in the locker room but a man could be in ours you know so there's again many reasons come up in all ways but again it's it's a uh, get rid of that stuff and yeah. and just at the end of the day value what what people bring to the table um yes. and stop having biases about whatever it is you think or feel or whatever it's um you know i just our world has a lot to lot to change yeah for sure and i think something that really encompasses how i feel about this entire topic uh and how well um like to me a good play is a good play and it doesn't matter if it's men or women and these need to be equally recognized and also equally given the chance to be acknowledged, uh, which I think kind of sums this whole thing up is just the equal, it needs to start at the top of where the money comes from and where it ends up. 100%. I hope people start asking questions and start putting their money behind it because it's, it's out there and it's on TV and people see it and it becomes more normalized and they're going to support it just the same. So I, I hope that that, hope we can get that done. So when you yeah. become a CEO, you can start shifting your money over to, to, the, <laughs> to the women's side. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, so the final question that I have for you uh, that I ask everybody is what would progress look like to you? And so for this topic, I'm interested to know what progress would look like to you to signal that women in men's sports have become more so on an equal playing field, pun intended. Uh, Yeah, more and more TV coverage, like just not only TV, but in the papers and just the the coverage the content, the percentage of it going up. Um, another piece of private coaches of, of uh, the majority of our coaches being female and um, 
women of color as well, having more and more of representation there. Um, and then us going on the other side, being able to, to, to have more opportunity and it not being a, oh, there's a woman in Becky Hammond is so close. And yeah. All right. Good. Great. Let's, let's hire her and get her a job and get some more over there. Cause again, the knowledge base and the work ethic. So I think those things of just, um, just us being being able to make decisions and and having uh, a say and then bringing more and more people along um but i think that the media coverage and uh, companies investing it will be huge to to continue to to grow our our market very interesting yeah and that was yeah that was wonderful thank you for that answer i it's really interesting to know that like our efforts really are making a difference. It's just the big um, moves that have to be made by uh, the people with the money where the difference will come from at the end of the day. We got to keep pushing. So we got to keep, uh, yeah. So. Yes. Well, that is all the questions that I have for you today. Uh, thank you so much, Katie, for taking your time to speak with me today. And I know people listening will be so inspired by what you had to say and see so much value in your experiences and uh, your opinions. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I just want to say that as a female athlete um, growing up playing sports my entire life, um, it was really incredible um, just being able to talk to you um, and about your accomplishments and about what you're doing for women's sports. And um, it was a real honor to speak with you today. Uh, thanks, Jasmine. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Katie. 